Guten Morgen, Marika, wie geht's? Hast du Schamen? Touches up to Trumpet and Jack Smith and latest desperate posts. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Donald Trump gets more desperate and weak each and every day, but also grows more dangerous in his desperation. And we can see that in the posts that he makes each and every day. How about each some pretrial incarceration? just how unfit he is and as President Biden has always said don't compare me to the Almighty compare me to the alternative so With preferential treatment, how about stopping, how about stop treating, stop, not start, stop. But stop giving their turn for what about isms. Critical that we don't just look at the deranged posts being made by Donald Trump each and every day and debunk them and show the lies and the dangerousness in those posts, but we should take a look at what President Biden is posting so we can compare priorities. So let's do that here. This is what Biden's posting first, then I'll show you what Trump is posting, and then we'll compare. President Biden writes, junk fees cost hundreds of dollars a month weighing down family budgets and making it harder for people to pay their bills. That's why we're cracking down on junk fees for concerts, hotels, airlines, banking, health care, and more. Tangible things to help the American people. On foreign policy, President Biden posts the following. The United States is here today to reaffirm our ironclad commitment to NATO, but also to our ally Lithuania. Our partnership goes back a long way, and our commitment to Lithuania, to the Baltics, and to NATO has not Wavered. And here's another post by President Biden on jobs. He writes, since I've been in office, we've created more jobs than any president has created in their first two years. And he shows on a graph objective data of the total jobs created by President Biden in the first 29 months in office. And he compares that to former presidents before him. So let's take that. And let's compare that to what Donald Trump is posting on his social media platform. Trump writes, and this is about a prosecutor, a top prosecutor from Delaware, who was criminally investigating Hunter Biden, 
who Donald Trump appointed, and this is David Weiss, again, a Trump-appointed prosecutor. And because the Trump-appointed prosecutor apparently didn't do what Donald Trump demanded that he does, Donald Trump says, well, you're a rhino now. You're the same as Bill Barr. Let's take a look at the post. Trump writes, Weiss, referring to David Weiss, the prosecutor who Trump appointed, who Biden kept in place, he goes, Weiss is a coward, and he puts coward in caps, a smaller version of Bill Barr. So Donald Trump attacking his former attorney general, who he calls a rhino, who never had the courage to do what everyone knows should have been done. He gave out a traffic ticket instead of a death sentence. Get back to that in a moment. Because of the two Democrat senators in Delaware, they got to choose and or approve him. Maybe the judge presiding will have the courage and intellect to break up the cesspool of crime. The collusion of corruption is beyond description. Two tiers of justice. Now again, David Weiss is the prosecutor who Donald Trump appointed and who all the MAGA Republicans in the Senate and the House of Representatives spread lies and said that David Weiss um, was compromised in his investigation of Hunter Biden, that David Weiss asked to be a special counsel and was not given this authority by Merrick Garland, and that Merrick Garland refused to allow David Weiss to pursue the charges against Hunter Biden that David Weiss wanted to pursue. But David Weiss, the Trump-appointed prosecutor, says, that's just false. That's not the case. I requested special attorney status by Merrick Garland, and Merrick Garland said, no problem. You have full authority and control to conduct this investigation however you want, David Weiss. David Weiss confirmed that in three separate letters to the House of Representatives and the Senate, but yet the MAGA Republicans in the House and Senate, everybody from James Comer to Jim Jordan to uh, Lindsey Graham to Kevin McCarthy, they all say, oh, David Weiss must be lying. He's not telling the truth. It's just a letter. Lying to Congress is a crime. I know that MAGA Republicans in Congress lie every day and then claim, well, it's not a crime because of speech or debate clause immunity, but nonetheless, it is a criminal conduct to lie to Congress. And unlike MAGA Republican Jim Jordan, who chairs the Judiciary Committee, who's not a licensed lawyer, David Weiss is a licensed lawyer, and he knows that lying to Congress, he could go to jail for a considerable period of time. So why would he lie for no reason, just for the sake of it? No, he's telling the truth over and over and over again. And the MAGA Republicans thought just because he was appointed by Trump, he was going to lie, and he's refusing to lie. So rather than correct the record, the MAGA Republicans just double and triple down on their lie and spread new lies and more conspiracies. That's the MAGA way. And how heinous and despicable it is that Donald Trump says something like death and the death sentence here, calling for the death sentence. Now, Donald Trump will simply say, well, I didn't mean death sentence in a literal sense. I meant the highest possible sentence. But no, he is sending messages to his supporters right here to engage in horrific conduct. This is the stochastic terrorism that MAGA Republicans engage in over and over and over again. Here's Donald Trump's next post. He goes, on the anniversary of the J July 11 protest in Cuba, Joe Biden has betrayed the Cuban people and surrendered Cuba to communist China. By allowing China to sink their teeth into the island and establish military bases 90 miles off our shore, Something unthinkable, Biden not only risks our own national security, 
but he abandons the dream of freedom for those many amazing Cuban-Americans who, under my administration, were going to get their wish. Well, Donald Trump is a liar again, because what actually happened was China set up a spy base on Cuba in 2019 when Donald Trump was in office, the same way there were spy balloons over the United States while Donald Trump was in office, and Trump said, well, I don't know about it. I didn't see... Just, uh... I wasn't, I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, because it's the same as Donald Trump's policy when it comes to COVID. If you don't test, it doesn't exist. If you don't care about our national security, you claim ignorance and you act like you don't know things. But no, China actually established its base on Cuba when you were in office. But again, it's just spreading the lie over... ...and over and over again. That is the MAGA way. Here is the next post by Donald Trump. He goes, he reposts this, I don't... trending when at real Donald Trump was president. Look, the closest we ever came to nuclear catastrophe was when Donald Trump was in office. And yes, the fact that you try to make World War III trend on Twitter, which has been taken over by Elon Musk over and over and over again through the lies that you tell, it just shows how dangerous you are um, and what you ultimate intentions are to spread fear because you ultimately offer nothing to the American people. Here's Donald Trump's next post. He goes, I have an idea. Get deranged Jack Smith to take just a tiny portion of the millions of dollars he is spending illegally targeting me and let him go to the White House with his army of thugs to solve the cocaine dilemma. I bet they already know the answer, but
and just spreading these lies and conspiracies about cocaine. I mean, to say things without factual support, That's with no great. evidence at all, and to spread these lies He's over and over and pig. over again Smart. is completely beyond the pale. Like it's just so demeaning and so embarrassing that this is who is leading the modern-day Republican Party. And then, of course, he puts out this ridiculous press release saying, Joe Biden should not be dragging us further toward World War III by sending cluster munitions to Ukraine. He should be trying to end the war and stop the horrific death and destruction being caused by an incompetent administration. No, you empowered Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine. You would have given and still want to give Vladimir Putin the better part of Ukraine, if not all of Ukraine and Eastern Europe, and you want to take the United States of America out of NATO and destroy NATO to help Vladimir Putin. That's what he was banking on. And he... Earlier in the day, you had Marjorie Taylor Greene introduce an amendment in a committee markup hearing that would remove the United States from NATO. Obviously, that's not going to take place, but that is the MAGA Republican agenda. How could it possibly be the case that the Republican Party is against NATO? Shame on the Republican Party for falling this far. And as Lindsey Graham said, the one thing he said right, Donald Trump will be the end of the Republican Party. Well, here you go. There's no Republican Party anymore. It's now purely MAGA and Trump, and it's disgusting. And the disgusting nature is even more pronounced when you compare it to the very normal conduct by President Biden and the administration that's actually trying to do things for the American people. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers. Thanks to your support. Check us out at patreon.com. Yeah, he has a Coke nose star from Huffy. So much Adderall and Coke. Crackhead. Snorts like uh, that. Exclamation point. And that's, a, and of course, that's why he sniffs so much. And that's why he sniffs so much. death penalty.
cuts and pre-trial. The Justice Department, bunch of fucking pussies. MAGA Republican Jim Jordan, who chairs the Judiciary Committee, air first two years, and he shows on a graph objective data of the total job, but also to our ally Lithuania. Our partnership goes back a long way, and our commitment to Lithuania, to the Baltics, and to NATO. A crime. I know. I don't recall World War Three trending when at real Donald Trump was president. Look, the closest we ever came to nuclear catastrophe was when Donald Trump was in office. And yes, the fact. try to make World War III has been taken over by Elon Musk over and over and over again through the lies that you tell. It just shows how dangerous you are um, and what your ultimate intentions are to spread fear because you ultimately offer nothing to the American people. Here's Donald Trump's next post. He goes, I have an idea. Get deranged Jack Smith to take just a tiny portion of the millions of dollars he is spending illegally targeting me and let him go to the White House with his army of thugs to solve the cocaine dilemma. I bet they already know the answer, but just in case, it could be done in five minutes. Is it Crooked Joe and his wonderful son Hunter? Release the findings, release the tapes. We can't have a crackhead in charge of our nuclear arsenal. And here again, this is disqualifying. For Donald Trump to use this language, calling the President of the United States a crackhead, he previously called Special Counsel Jack Smith a crackhead, and just spreading these lies and conspiracies about cocaine. I mean, to say things without factual support, with no evidence at all, and to spread these lies over and over and over again is completely beyond the pale. It's just so demeaning and so embarrassing that this is who is leading the modern day Republican Party, and then of course he puts out this ridiculous press release saying Joe Biden should not be dragging us further toward World War III by sending cluster munitions to Ukraine. He should be trying to end the war and stop the horrific death and destruction being caused by an incompetent administration. No, you empowered Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine. You would have given and still want to give Vladimir Putin the better part of Ukraine, if not all of Ukraine and Eastern Europe, and you want to take the United States of America out of NATO and destroy NATO to help Vladimir Putin. That's what he was banking on. And even earlier in the day, you had 
Marjorie Taylor Greene introduce an amendment in a committee markup hearing that would remove the United States from NATO. Obviously, that's not going to take place, but that is the MAGA Republican agenda. How could it possibly be the case that the Republican Party is against NATO? Shame on the Republican Party for falling this far. And as Lindsey Graham said, the one thing he said, right, Donald Trump will be the end of the Republican Party. Well, here you go. There's no Republican Party anymore. It's now purely MAGA and Trump, and it's disgusting. And the disgusting nature is even more pronounced when you compare it to the very normal conduct by President Biden and administration that's actually trying to do things for the American people. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers. Thanks to your support. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Wherever you get audio podcasts, subscribe to the Midas Touch podcast. Hit subscribe when you can. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram at Midas Touch to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. So I said that a drone is calling Biden. Fuck you, wears so much orange makeup to cover up his coconut scar, and of course that's why he sniffs so much. How about some pretrial incarceration? How about stop giving the worst criminal history preferential treatment? Shame on the Justice Department. Trista for press. Trump for prison. And the death penalty. Justice Department a suit to disqualify Better want to files
said, Ben, can you please advise on how to file suit to disqualify Trump from public office based on his heinous conduct? I'm presidential candidate, so I believe I have standing. Justice Department, useless. Time to wake up, bitches. No. Why did it like connect to WhatsApp? Okay. Anyway. Time to wake up, but did I did I like you? Demands the start. about some pre-trial incarceration
Okay. Man, they stopped giving diaper on preferential treatments. Ah. Get up, couch America. Diaper on preferential treatment. How about some pretrial incarceration? Disqualify him and GOP traitors. Four. Hi, Nagami. Read, read the Constitution. Fuckers. Fourteenth Amendment. Traitor's tweet. All right, Let's see what else I got. Man, it is muggy. Wake up, and it's like a fucking sauna. Air Force vet and mom expose the secrets of dangerous right-wing group. This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Every weekday, Against All Enemies the highlights the activities are about. of extremist organizations and their neighbors. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we're up against, together we can beat them. My guest today, Amanda Weinstein, is an economist, Air Force veteran, and co-host of the Suburban Women Problem podcast. She is also a good friend, uh, and we'll be getting regular updates from her on how the so-called culture wars intersect with domestic extremism. 
Amanda, welcome to your first episode of Against All Enemies. Oh, thanks for having me, Ken. I'm excited to be here. Let's get right to it. Moms for Liberty, which we have mentioned already on this show, cast itself as a humble grassroots organization dedicated to protecting children and families from the nefarious <laughs> assault of us. Can, we, can, the we, can I just web. laugh out loud right there? <laughs> you may laugh out loud. What is going on with Moms for Liberty? You probably have some neighbors who check the boxes. Give us some insight. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I've got some Moms for Liberty neighbors. I've actually asked to meet them for coffee. Uh, they said really? no. <laughs> oh, yeah. They said no. They, they declined. Um, I was like, okay, just coffee. It's fine. Uh, that's fine. I don't even have coffee with them. Um, yet Moms for Liberty are active in our school board and many school boards across the country. Uh, in our school board, they started off really with aiding a lot of the COVID measures and pushing against those in our schools. Um, against, you know, what a lot of parents in our district are, you know, pushing for a safe return. They wanted an unsafe return. So the protecting the kids is a little funny when you're really pushing for that unsafe return school. Uh, but then, you know, they quickly moved on to book banning and a lot of really extremist stuff. Um, so I am now regularly called a groomer and a pedophile. So that is yeah, that's because the Justice Department are a bunch of fucking pussies. This myth that they have constructed that it's just they need to throw in jail these motherfuckers. Getting together and that will they, they love their kids. That will reduce all these threats. Communities and their schools. It has some real money behind it. It has some real justice delayed is just tonight. This is not uh, an organic move. It. Right? Oh, it definitely is not. So we had a lot of the action with CRT started in Loudoun County, which is the wealthiest county in this country now because it's a suburb of D.C. And it started with people who are very well ingrained in the conservative uh, GOP and, you know, the farther right part of the GOP, frankly. And they instantly put money behind it. They put talking points behind it behind in the strategy. And... First, it did seem like a grassroots movement. We saw moms from the school board and say they were concerned about a certain book. And then suddenly, the more we heard about it, they started saying word for word the same thing in school districts across the country. Word for word, same complaint of that same book. And then it became very apparent that this was not a grassroots movement, that there was more to this, and that there was an organization who were training especially women to go into these school boards and ban books, accuse teachers of being pedophiles, accuse school boards of having these ulterior motives and trying to indoctrinate kids. Stuff that was completely untrue for anyone who knew anything about their own school district, which is frankly most women who are in parents who are involved with their kids, know a little bit about their school district to know it wasn't true. Their extremist ideology has been exposed for what it is, but they have ties to even more extremist organizations that actually act out that ideology on the streets. They're tied to the, the Proud Boys, right? They have connections to groups like the Oath People. That's right. So recently, Southern Poverty Law Center, you know, put them on their list of anti-government extremist groups. They clearly have ties to Proud Boys and a number of organizations that are known for doing things like trying to overthrow the government. This is basically their little local version of how do we overthrow a government? Let's overthrow the school board. Why are school boards a front line in this 
fight? Why is suburbia, why does it feel like, like the trench lines are being dug in suburban America uh, and, and the culture wars emanate from there? I mean, according to Moms for Liberty themselves, this is straight out of Hitler's playbook. And I'm not exaggerating here. They literally printed a newsletter giving a quote from Hitler that the youth are the way to get what you want. So they are taking playbooks from dictators and from Hitler to try and get what they want. Can you talk about that invocation of totalitarians hitler at the top of the list but there was a recent why is it congress convention <clears throat> the speaker talked about Designa why aren't you know, they being designated the a terrorist group Mao, i believe it was stalin When you see that the, I want to cover this especially, the anti-LGBTQ plus positions of these groups map directly onto the incredibly racist and prejudiced and anti-gay positions of Hitler and, and, and Mao and Stalin. It's not an accident that they quote Hitler openly, like with attribution in their newsletters. No, it is not an accident. I think some of them are right now trying to bat their eyes and say, oops, sorry. They knew exactly what they were doing. And at their convention, Mark Robinson just doubled down and said, you know what? We are going to quote Hitler and Stalin and Mao and Castro. And he has also came to fame. So he, Mark Robinson's lieutenant governor of North Carolina, he came to fame because he went viral for a pro-gun speech. We are now living in this era of who can go viral. And that is something that Moms for Liberty knows very well. And one thing that they teach our people to do is here's how you go to a school board and go viral. Because this is how we get our message across. And they have people like Mark Robinson who have gone viral for peddling very anti-Semitic tropes. So it is not a coincidence Lovers. And bullies. And terrorists. Mark Robinson are quoting people like Hitler who also have said known very anti-Semitic things uh, that does seem to stick with them and they doesn't seem to matter that they said these anti-Semitic things. You mentioned Lieutenant Governor Robinson's viral pro-gun speech. Tell us a little bit about the intersection of these ideologies and I think the, the gun worship is especially destructive because
for inciting more terrorism. Terrorism. Stop caving to Hitler lovers, bullies, and terrorists, and put all the banned books back on the shelves, fuckers. Right, little sweet taser? Oh, you're so cute. Got on my shoulder. You like it there, huh? Yeah, you're a good boy or girl. How about doing the obvious sweet that too? How about doing the obvious thing? <laughs> How about guns for fascism? The same group that is banning books from schools, Moms for Liberty, is also advocating putting more guns into schools. How does that thinking rationalize itself? thinking of, you know, to stop gun violence, what we really need is more guns. You have the same mindset says kids can't learn about ruby bridges their teachers should be packing heat thinking about which one of them they need to shoot yeah and this just makes no sense with the research all the research says is that when you put more guns in a situation you just heat it up that's like adding gasoline to a fire expecting it to go out it's just completely nonsensical but then we also have things like we have this For liberty. Right now, gun violence is the number one killer of kids in our nation. And when they want to go out and talk about how they want to protect kids, but not from gun violence, they're going to, you know, throw more gasoline on that fire. Then the whole claim that they're going to protect our children, it just is falling flat for me. Because if you really want to protect our children, you would be for common sense gun laws. And it really doesn't make sense to me. When you look at things that happen in Colorado, we did have a good guy with a gun, and he did take out the shooter. And what happened to him? The police came in and shot him. Because when you're in a firefight, man, that fog of war gets really confusing. And if you want guns in the hands of everyone, you're going to end up with a lot more casualties. Tell me what the Civilian Women Problem podcast is doing, and especially your parent organization, Red Wine and Blue. Give us just a snapshot of, of that group and then how you're taking on Moms for Women. Yeah, I mean, so we are definitely battling up the, you know, battle here. 
when you look at CBS Sunday Morning doing things like profiling moms for liberty, right? This extremist group of women. But the fact is that these extremist group of women don't represent most parents. So what does? So here what we see is organizations like Red, Wine, and Blue are trying to get the voices of most parents out there. Most parents who don't want someone else to decide for them what books their kid can or can't read. And so they do things like troublemaker training and the parent playbook where they tell parents, look, here's what goes on in a school board. Here's what they're doing with their with these school boards. Here's how you can actively push against this to protect your schools and your child's education. So they are pushing for freedom to parent where we should be free for our kids to have an education that includes an accurate history, that includes the books that they want access to, not someone deciding for me what my kids can have access to. And a lot of that really involves just talking with parents, having a conversation with your neighbor at the bus stop and having those real conversations about hey, did you hear what's going on at the school board. And those, those kind of conversations and those connections are really how we push against this. And we've seen in my own community, when we just have these conversations, whether it's when we're at a local restaurant, we happen to see some friends, even if it's on Facebook and some other you know, social organizations where we can just chat. What we see is those parents do show up. And we saw in our school district, school board. when they tried to take over our school board, couldn't do it. They then tried to take over our library. Couldn't do it. We had a library election where there would be double-digit people showing up. Suddenly, the room had you know hundreds of people in it, all of them saying, we don't want you taking over our library. So what it really takes is you just have to get to know people and talk with people. It doesn't have to be new people. Talk with your neighbor. Talk with the friends that you already have and have those real conversations with people. So our you know, on the suburban women problem, we really try to have those real conversations and let those stories kind of bubble up of what's really going on, not the clickbait. I think that activism is the most important piece because we see this again and again. The the loudest voices in the room, the Moms for Liberty types, aren't really representative of the communities they claim to, to represent. And when there's any pushback or enough pushback, they they cave. And I, I also think it's worth saying that's a hallmark of bullies, right? When they when they get punched back, and I'm not advocating violence, you know what I mean? When when people stand up to them, they they fold. And that when I say people, that's us. That's communities that are aware, that are vigilant, when they realize the power they have in those local meetings, they can wield it and uh, and, and do right by their communities and their kids. I think that's a good point. So I think a lot of bullies think they're in the majority. And we know Moms for Liberty and their supporters have been told you are in the majority. And that is completely untrue. There is a reason that Trump lied about his crowd size, right? He wants, and Fox News wants all of their people to think you're in the majority. Get bold. Get out there. Most people think like you do. They're just not saying anything when we know that's not true. So when they suddenly walk into a school board meeting and see that they are outnumbered, sometimes it was 100 to 1. Suddenly it's made very clear to them, never been made clear before, that they are in the minority. Well, I think that's a, a great call to action note to end on. Amanda, where can people find the Suburban Women Problem Podcast and you? Yeah, so you can hear the Suburban Women Problem podcast at basically anywhere where you hear your podcast. Yeah, we also have a website, the SWPpod.com, and we also uh, work with Red 
Wine and Blue. So you can also go to Red Wine and Blue's uh, website to see what we're up to. Awesome. Thanks, Amanda. Well. Politics, that's fuck. We're gonna go check it out. Suburban women problem. Let's see here. I wonder if they're on Facebook or if they're on YouTube. <laughs> oh, it is. Okay, updated today. Great. Red, white, and blue. Nice. Rapid fire questions with Amy Siskin. Now we're going to do our rapid fire question. Okay, are you ready? Right, let me have my water. I'm a big fan of dog content on Twitter, and I, I like your dog's stories. What is the funniest thing your dogs have done while you are oh, trapped man. at home with them during the pandemic? Shit. Well, Arlene's a golden doodle, so she needed to get her hair cut. I had to get a note from her vet, which I thought was hilarious, that she was like an essential worker. I mean, Arlene's 16, so it was essential for her health. Everyone knows Arlene's neighbor. They're like, of course Arlene is essential. Well, I'm glad she made the cut. Wow. Yes, she did. You organized the We the People March, which was such an incredible demonstration. But as a mom, I know that sometimes the hardest things are a little closer to home. What's easier, planning a march with thousands of people or planning a child's birthday party? I ran trading floors at Morgan Stanley, so I had pretty like, big for a lot of responsibilities. And then when I left, I, I um, joined... Hakeem the, Jeffries. Are you ready? This is like a, no, like a quiz. Don't give him fucking dog questions for fuck's sake. June 22nd, New Yorkers will use ranked choice voting for the first time to vote in the primaries for mayor. Can you rank choice these New York famous foods? Pizza, bagels, oh, cheesecake, black and white cookies, and a bodega bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll. Wow, those, those are some classics there. Yeah. I'd rank questions. a bagel number one, but a pumpernickel bagel. Number two, cheesecakes, Junior's cheesecake, of course, vanilla bean being my preference. Black and white cookies, yeah, shout out to black right. and white cookies, amazing. Pizza for... Fuck that. Stupid. 
Where's all the fucking, uh, okay, podcast? We gotta address the suburban women problem, because it's real. The suburban women problem. Suburban women problem. A new podcast called The Suburban Women Problem. The co-host of that podcast, Rachel Vinman. There was a long time that I was silent, but... Stupid. Sorry, I looked for it. Okay. Apparently they don't have any, con- like, real content. And their podcasts, they should put their podcasts on, uh, YouTube, like every- Here is some information about the suburban women problem. What was that about? Like, what was it, 65% or 55% of women, white women voted for old diaper Don. Fireworks and fathers, blah, blah, blah. Freedom doesn't mean fear. That sounds relevant. Sign in if I call it. Freedom doesn't mean comfort. There is a difference. Thank you. Freedom doesn't mean comfort, but I also think that freedom doesn't mean fear. We gotta address the suburban women problem because it's real. Welcome to the suburban women problem, a podcast from Red Wine and Blue. Hi everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Venman. I'm Amanda Weinstein. I'm Jasmine Clark. And this is a special 4th of July bonus episode of the Suburban Women Problem. Last year, we did a special episode for Independence Day where we talked about what patriotism means to us. It's one of my favorite episodes, actually. I loved it. So this year, we thought we'd do something similar, but instead talk about freedom. Amanda, would you like to start us off? What does freedom mean to you? Oh, man. Um... So, this is a fun one. So, when I think about freedom, I think about all the patriotic stuff, but I especially think about a lot of the stuff that was, um, that I learned or learned more about, I will say, when I was in the military. So, when serving the military, you learn a lot about service and a lot about the Constitution. You raise your right hand and you swear to defend that Constitution. So, you probably should know a lot about what you're swearing to defend. And a lot of what you're swearing to defend is about freedom. And so, one thing that I really learned and we also had to memorize a lot of quotes and things Um, and one of the quotes I won't read it all because it actually is long but I'll just read the end it says uh, it is the soldier who salutes the flag who serves beneath the flag and whose coffin is draped by the flag who allows the protester to burn the flag and that quote really stuck with me because what freedom means is I was willing to fight with my life for someone else's freedom, even the freedom to do something that I didn't like or I didn't agree with. I personally don't like running flags, but I will fight to the death for your right to do it. And that was something that really, really stuck with me. And I think about it in a lot of different contexts. So I think about it even with the road decision that even if I wouldn't do the same thing you're doing or making the same decision, I will fight for your right to do that thing because that is a freedom that you should have. And I think 
that that kind of freedom is something that we all need to fight for and that we need to fight for the freedom to do the things that we want to do as long as we're not hurting, you know, people around us um, to stay into. It doesn't mean there aren't consequences. There are still consequences and that is something that comes with it. But the freedom to do it means it's legal and they won't put you in jail for doing it, uh, whether that's burning the flag or whether that is if you need an abortion, um, that those things are freedoms that we all should have. And it is very important to me and it has um, always been, I think, is important to me, but especially the military, that those freedoms are important to us and we need to fight for it and we need to fight for it every day to keep it. It wasn't just that they drafted a constitution, you know, a couple hundred years ago and they're done. Work is done. We're clearly still fighting for those freedoms today. And that is something that I still take. The living document is supposed to be That's changed the beautiful and updated. Thing I think about the United States is there's so much diversity and there's not just diversity the way we look, where we come from, what our backgrounds are, but also in how we view things, how we choose to express our freedom. But the thing is, is that we think that everyone should be able to have those rights. And let me just say, I know this holiday isn't about that, but thank you very much for your service and for sharing what you learned from your service. Well, so I think also with the 4th of July and the freedom, it's like you think about the flag, but it's what the flag stands for, right? It's not the cloth. It's not the stars, it's not the stripes, it's what it stands for. Sure. Um, and to me, that's really what, you know, this holiday is all about. All right, Jasmine, I think you're up next. What does freedom mean to you? So this is always an interesting question for me, especially in the context of the 4th of July. And the reason why is while uh, we were fighting for our freedom from the British Empire or whatever, my ancestors were not free on 4th of July. The ones that were here, um, many of them were enslaved. And so I think, when I think of the 4th of July, I think of the journey of the soul of America. And I really think about how imperfect our country is and how we have to uh, work constantly towards a more perfect union. And then it makes me kind of sad that some of the freedoms that we were starting to see are starting to be stripped away. And I, I, I know that might seem hyperbolic. That might seem like it's a bit of an exaggeration. But the truth is, you know, um, when I was deciding whether or not to have children, I had choices that now my own child in this current political climate does not have. Um, when I think about the, you know, the fact that we are taking away the ability for teachers to even talk about diversity, to talk about race in a way that is just historically accurate, that to me is not freedom. And that is taking freedom away. And let's be clear, we have never really truly taught history as honestly as we could have, but now it's like we're getting more dishonest instead of more honest. I think we were headed toward more honesty, and then that's when people got a little afraid, and certain people decided we need to take that away too. Uh, when we talk about uh, parenting, I mean, parenting is hard enough when you're just trying to do it as the parent. Everyone knows how annoying it is when you're just trying your best 
and someone gives you some unsolicited advice about how you need to be a better parent by doing this or that. And people on the internet are great for that. That's what I feel like Moms for Liberty does. They do not stand for liberty. They are anti-freedom. 